I don't know if y'all been fasting this week, but I'm going to tell you what. Somebody said, how you feeling today? I said, like Jesus, coming out of the wilderness, I'm hungry. And I am ready to eat for sure. So I'm excited. What a beautiful fast this has been. And listen, it is um, 11.59, and I'm just going to tell you I'm going to be about 40 minutes so that you're not looking at the clock. When I'm done, we'll be done. And, uh, but I want you to listen. This is probably going to be one of the most important messages that you'll hear. It may not be that your favorite message you'll hear, but it's going to be one of the most important messages that you'll hear this year because this is foundational for our life. And it's very practical, but I want to understand that, that the practical things of life are holy. It's quite already. <laughs> the practical things of life are holy. Uh, the scripture says unless the man builds a good foundation, he'll never build a great house. So the practical things of God are holy. This is, our, our series this month is on Evolve. And oftentimes we'll pray and we'll say, God, um, guide us. Guys, I, I want to pause for a minute. If you're here, I want you to take your pen, paper out, your iPad out, your phone out. I want you to write down some stuff today. There's going to be some nuggets for you today that you're going you're gonna to want to write down. How many brought their Bible with them to church? How many brought their Bible? If it's on your phone, I'm okay. Hold your phone up. Yeah, I guess this is my Bible. I got it. I'm good with that. I'm preaching off electronics up here. This is my Bible. Today I read out of my Bible. This is, this is before iPad. You can see my Bible. This was before iPad. This was my preaching Bible. Uh, and it's, it's, it's pretty worn. And I saw this the other day on the shelf, and I said, Lord, don't let my Bible ever look like it hasn't been used. So we need the Bible in our life. All right, so get your Bibles out and get your pen and paper out, and I'll get to some scripture in a minute in Habakkuk. So we want God to guide our lives, and we say, God, give me, guide my life. Listen, don't ask God to guide your steps if you won't move your feet. That's nugget number one. Don't ask God to guide your steps if you're not willing to move your feet. God, we, we, want, we want you to guide us. We, will, we want to be ready to do what you've called us to do. But we have to move our feet. So, so if you can't fly, then run. If you can't run, then walk. And if you can't walk, then crawl. But whatever you do, keep moving. Keep moving in the direction that God's called you into. Because doing nothing is not an option. Doing nothing is not an option. I don't know if any of you remember this. Probably some of you older folks do. Some of you wiser folks do is what I meant to say. Some of you more seasoned people. Y'all remember driving a car that was rack and pinion steering? You know what I'm talking about? Not power steering, rack and pinion steering. And, and, and here's the deal. You can never get that car to turn hardly sitting still. But when you were moving, it was a lot easier to turn, a lot easier to move. Oftentimes, we want God to send us a direction that, he, that we want to go or that we think we want to go, and we're looking for direction, but we're sitting still, and it's hard to turn because we're not moving. So it's important 
that we learn how to move with the Spirit, move with what God's calling us to do, and say, God, I want to continue to this movement in my life. And, and, and we cannot blame God and say, well, we're waiting on God. Well, I'm waiting on God. Listen, that, that is the age-old Christian excuse for doing nothing. I'm waiting on God. Now, before you get too upset with me, I believe in waiting on the Lord. They that wait up on the Lord shall renew their strength. But there's a difference in being in a place where we call we're waiting on God and we're walking in his rest or just sitting on our hands and doing nothing, having our little remote control out, trying to, come on, God, I didn't like that channel. I didn't like that. I didn't like this. I'm just sitting here waiting on you to show up in my life and treating God as if we can just change the channel in our life. And that, that kind of waiting is not what we're talking about. And don't be blaming Satan and saying, you know, I the devil maybe do it, and this happened, and Satan this. When you, when you start blaming the devil, what you're saying is, is I'm powerless, and I do not believe what God has already spoken over me. And Ann has already said it so well today. We declare that God is speaking things over our life and that God is good and those things that are not of him is a lie and we're replacing those lies with truth because I am who God says I am. Even when it doesn't feel like it or look like it, I am who God says I am. And the way I continue in that progress of of becoming who God created me is to keep moving forward, to have, have that movement inside of me. I'm evolving. I'm changing. This is a journey, and I'm not going to sit still in the sense of doing nothing. And if you want something, you want to have something in your life that's different, then you must do something you've never done, <laughs> like fasting, like praying, like seeking God. Like hiding away with him, like hearing his voice. And one of the big key elements of, of going places that you've never been before is this big word that's kind of an ugly word in our society, obedience. And I won't spend time on that today. I'm just going to put that out there. Obedience to what God is speaking will take you places that you've never been before because you will act out of faith and obedience and you'll move when God says move. Are you with me today? And when we've learned to walk, when we were learning to walk, we had to learn how to let go of some things. We had to learn how to, to release some things in our life. We had to learn how to say, okay, I'm going to let go. This little baby that was up here today is so cute. When she's, I don't know if she's learned to walk, but when she's learned how to walk, she learned, she's going to have to let go of some things. I got a feeling she's going to let go. She seems pretty independent. And she's going to let go of some things, and she's going to trust the ability that God gave her to do that. You know, when you just learn to ride a bicycle, you remember when you were riding a bike, and you had a few crashes along the way, you didn't say, well, I'm quitting, I'm not ever riding a bike. You got up, you brushed yourself off, and there was a day came that you not only overcome the fear of riding the bike, you took the training wheels off, and now you're moving into destiny and the place that God's called you into, and it feels like success, and you move from that crawling place, that, that walking place, and now you're flying. You're moving forward. 
And I spoke last week on letting some things go. And, and we've got to learn to let things go so we can take off the training wheels in our life and move in the direction that God is calling us into. And life is about transition. <laughs> I hear people say, and I understand what you're saying, and I'm not mocking that. I hear people say, I'm going through a transition. L- let me help you today. You will always be going through a transition. Our life is a transition. The scripture tells us we're going from glory to glory. We're fulfilling his purpose. We're going through transition in our life. And if, and if you're not going through transition, you're dead. Okay? Is that clear? You just kind of said, what is life? You've accepted You've stopped, you've stalled out, you've quit. But if you're ever going to move into the purpose and the plan of God, you're always going to be going through transition. Now, all transitions don't feel the same. Sometimes we're in the mountaintop, and there's this lot of joy up there, and there's a lot of things going on. There's a lot, woohoo, those moments. But your teaching time is not on top of the mountain. That's victory time. Your teaching time is when you're climbing. Your teaching time is in the moments that you're learning to move forward. You're pulling yourself up. You're making those decisions. You're moving in the direction that God has called you to. And you need to learn how to embrace those transitions. But every accomplishment that you have in life will begin with a decision. We make a decision to follow Christ. We make a decision to get up and go to work. We make a decision to get married. We make a decision in our life for so many things and just about everything. Listen, as simple as it is, you make a decision in your life to brush your teeth. Now, you don't get up and have a conference about that, I hope. But you've made a decision that every day, part of the routine of my life is I'm going to get up and brush my teeth. That's just part of my life, and that's a decision. And God gives us the ability to make decisions. And life works so much better when we make the decision to do what we're called to do and what we're purposed to do. And I'm going to stop right here because a lot of y'all get all churchy on me right about now. Listen, God may have called you to be a architect or engineer work at a bank be a doctor or nurse god might have called you into sales god might have called you into things that are not popular and people don't think they're cool but that's your purpose and it's okay it's okay But what's really bad in our life is when God has purpose on our life and we don't know what that purpose is because we're distracted by the things of life and we're trying to be something he hasn't called us to or we haven't moved in the direction of our calling. And so God's called us into this place and we have to make the decision. I said earlier today, I was saying, talking about we can put on all the gear. We can put on, uh, have all the ropes and the climbing gear and the, all the little things that go with it and have it all strapped on us. And we can look like a mountain climber. 
But until we start going up the mountain and, and making that decision and picking the way and deciding which way direction we want to go, until that point, we're just dressed like one. And in life, God's going to call you to do some things. And I'm going to say this really clear so you can understand. God will call you to do some difficult things. And the reason he does is because not because he wants to make your life hard. He wants you to understand that he's with you and you can accomplish anything. You can accomplish anything. There's nothing too great for God. So life works better with vision and purpose. Good things don't normally happen by accident. Did you write that down? Good things are not going to normally happen in my life by accident. Habakkuk 2 says this. Habakkuk 2, 2. And the Lord answered me, write the vision, make it plain on the tablets, so he may run who reads it. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. Wait. Wait, for still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to its end. It will not lie. It seems slow, but wait for it. It will surely come, and it will not delay. I want to talk about this word wait right here. Wait is the moment where I know what God's called me to do. And in that moment, I am spending my time in the presence of God, in the word of God, in the waiting on God, but I'm preparing. It's a time of preparation. It's a time of preparation. I'll never forget what my dad told me when I first started preaching. He said, son, God will never anoint an empty head. God, uh, uh, God will never use what you don't prepare for him to use. I don't know if anybody knows this because we talk about faith and miracles and signs and wonders. But just in case you don't know this, God's not a fly by the seat of the pants kind of God. He said, let everything be done decently and in order. And so God has a plan and he has a he has a plan for your life. He has a plan for my life. And he starts placing this plan in our life. And, and in that time of planning, there's this waiting time that like we're in the cocoon and there's this waiting time. But that waiting time is the time of preparation where I'm getting ready to fly. And we have to learn to embrace those moments of waiting it hastens to the end, and God's word will not lie. It seems slow, but wait for it. It's surely coming. And God wants us to have vision in our lives. Proverbs twenty nine eighteen says, Where there is no clear prophetic vision, people quickly wander astray. But when you follow the revelation of the word, heavenly bliss fills your soul. We often take that scripture and we use it out of context. We say, without a vision, you know, people will perish. So we got to have a vision for our church because we got to win souls. And we got to do this. We got to do that. We got to plan a new program. We got to do this. Da, 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 da. I want to narrow that, that down. I want to narrow that down. The vision it's talking about here is a vision that will come clearly from revelation and understanding of the word. This is the most important thing in your life. I want you to hear me today. Wake up. Look at your neighbor and say, wake up. I want you to hear me today. This is the most important thing in your life. Your college degree, 
is not important than this. I'm just going to go ahead and hit the ball out of the park. Your marriage is not important than this. Your job is not important than this. Your bank account is not important than this. When we learn to have revelation that comes out of the word, God divinely orders the steps of our life. And that's why it's so important that we get in this word every single day. There ain't nobody that loves the prophetic more than I do. But I'm just going to help you today. Y'all want to be helped today? If you want a prophetic word, I got you one right here. This is a prophetic word. As a matter of fact, if you get to receive a word from someone, the first thing that you need to ask yourself in the spirit is, does that word line up with this word? Because if that word don't line up with this word, I mean, I've had people speak prophetic words over me, and it didn't line up with this word, and I was like, scratch. That one's out the door. And then I've had words that people spoke over me, and quite honestly, at the moment, I thought, well, that's a good word. It lines up with the word, but it don't feel like it's my word. So what I do with that word is I put that word in the back of my mind, and I continue in this word, and I found that years later that that word comes alive, and I go, oh, now I know why I got that word. That word was in that season, but it was for this time. You know why? Every single word that God gives you is going to line up with his word. And most of the time, when you receive a word, a prophetic word, it's going to line up with what God has already put in your heart. Well, that's a good word. Somebody just say amen. Amen. If you don't believe it, it's okay. It's still a good word. We often wander astray and lose our way simply because we have not took time to study the Word of God and we have lost the insight to His purpose and His plan for our lives. And so we wander around just trying to figure it out. Wander around hoping something good will happen in our life. Wander around looking for, you know, to win the spiritual lottery. And everything comes at one time. In Jeremiah 29, a very very known passage of Scripture. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. The plans for warfare, welfare, not warfare. Probably comes through warfare. Welfare and not for evil. To give you a future and a... Then you will call upon... And come and pray to, and I will hear you. And you will seek me, and I will, and you will find me. How many knows that if you seek the Lord, you're going to find him? Because he stands at the door, he's knocking anyway. If you will seek me, you will find me. And when you seek me with all your heart, with everything you've got, What's the most important thing in my life? It's you, Lord, and I'm seeking you with all my heart. I'm going after you steadfastly, God. I'm setting aside everything else because I'm going to seek your face, and there's going to be revelation that's going to come in my life, and then you're going to download the plans you have for me. If we simply come up with what seems like a good idea and don't have a God idea, 
we can call something a vision that really is just a blind shot in the dark. But if we have a vision that comes out of revelation through prayer, through the word, it's like having night vision. No matter how dark it gets around us, I can still see what God's plans are for my life. It's having night vision. I can see in the darkness. I can see in the troubled times. I can see in the storm. I can see when things are not good. I can see because God has given me his vision. And that vision, oh, uh, I can see it through any situation. And we have the ability to see what God is saying about us. Then we walk in faith knowing what God said will come to pass. Now we have the vision. We must write it down. Knowing that it's bigger than us. Let me say this. If you're having a vision about your life and it seems like you can accomplish it, it's probably just a good idea. If you have a vision that seems way too big for you, it's probably a God idea. And God is saying, look, I'm going to use you greater than you can even see in yourself. You're going to accomplish things that you didn't even know that you could accomplish. And it seems like sometimes it's like we're way out there like the North Star and, and, and we can see it, but, but the path to get there seems to change and we, 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 there's times of circumstances, but the vision does not change. The vision doesn't change. March will be 23 years we've been pastoring this church and Angela and I often chuckle because we could say all these kind of cool little words and add these little words and say this little thing, but when we boil it all down, we still have the same vision we had 23 years ago. And that's to see people's lives restored, come back into the fullness of who God created them to be and live an overcoming life. And I just said it different than the way we wrote it down 23 years ago, but it's still the same. And so circumstances come in our life, things change, we may do it differently, we may act, we, but the, prop, the, 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 the advantage point is, is that we continue to stay on the vision and the plan that God has for our life. And how do we continue on the vision that God has for our life? We stay close to him, and he always redirects our steps, and he keeps us on the path that we're supposed to be on. And I love how the message wrote it down. It says, write what you see, write it in big block letters, so that it can be read on the run. I don't know if you've noticed this or not. It's funny because I've mentioned this pursuit of his presence before to people, and they said, I've never seen that. How many saw that when you came to church? Write it on big block letters so that when you're, you're, I got my vision, and I'm on the run. Look, how how many of those life gets crazy sometimes? Sometimes you're like, there's whirlwind going around you. And if you don't have the vision written down on big block letters while you're on the run, you might lose your way. But you've spent time with God. You've prayed over that. You, you know what God has for your life. And so you've written that down and you're not just living in survival mode. But you have purpose for your life. You have God's plan for your life. And you've written that vision down so that you know what God's called you to do. And I want to help you that this year be a year that this house don't just live, wake up in the morning every day wondering, what's my life for? What am I here for? Where am I going? And I have to tell you, there's been times in my life, there's been a lot of times in my life, that's how I lived. I had great passion and i even had vision 
But the problem with it was, as I was always just running, trying to get it all done. It has to be this part of your life that you do the practical things. That you move from vision to mission. And for mission to happen, you have to be willing to do what this scripture is saying. Just write it down big. And then when the waiting comes, the preparation comes, it may be slow. Uh, here's what I found in, in my years of ministry, in my years of serving God. I very seldom had God come early or what I thought he should show up. It's always seemed to me like God shows up when you're like, you've already went under like three or four times and you've bobbed up that last time. And God shows up. Now, I can get off in some kind of crazy theology, and I don't know, maybe he's teaching us to trust. And da, 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 da. I just know this. I think most of those things is because we're so busy with life, we wait till the moment we're sinking to say now. Let that settle in for a moment. Because when we write it down and we make the vision clear, we don't have as many of those moments because we know when we get up tomorrow where I'm going in life. What is my purpose and what is his plan? So we have a vision. Now it's our mission. Mark 16 says this. And he said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole world. We know that Jesus died on the cross so that everyone should be saved or could be saved. But then he come and he said, that's the vision. I want the whole world to be saved. But then he came to his disciples and he said, now here's the mission. Go. I want you to shout out the word Go. No, that wasn't a shout-out. One, two, three. Go! You will never get where you're going without going. That's deep right there. <laughs> you will never get where you're going without going. And going without knowing, you'll end up in a circle. And if you come around the mountain for the hundredth time and you see the same place and the same tree and the same Circle K, you might already ask yourself a question. What am I doing? What am I doing? I need to go back to the Word, go back to my prayer life, go back to my secret place, and I need to let God speak to me again, and then I need to take the vision that He's written down for me, and I need to prepare myself to make the decision to go forth and do what God has called me to do. Our decision requires preparation. We have to prioritize and put into action what is needed to reach the vision And this is where we put a plan together and we work the plan. Now, this is where I get real practical with you. There comes a time in our life if we're going to be successful. And look, this principle works even people who don't do it unto the Lord because it's a godly principle. That we write it down. And then we get a plan together for our life. And then we follow the plan. Now, us as Christians do that differently because we follow the plan, but we always make room in our life for God to interrupt. We leave a, 
we leave a little margin in there. Can I talk about margin for just a moment? We leave a little margin. You know what margin is? It's a place of prayer and a place of hearing that God can help us stay on course. We need margin in our life. I'm going to talk to all the business owners in here today. If God's called you to start a business and you don't have a plan, this is, this is not a word from God. This is just good sense. It ain't going to work. It's not going to work. You got to have a plan. Let me get more practical. If God's called you into marriage and you don't have a plan, you might survive, but it won't be fun. You got to have a plan. If God's blessing you with children, you better have a plan. Because you don't have a plan, they're not going to get fed. They're not going to get taken care of. They're not going to get nurtured, and they're not going to know which direction to go, and they're not going to know the things that you know until they have to work these things out. But what if we had a plan so that we could launch our children into the greatness of who God created them to be and their purpose for their life? These are the practical things that God put in their life. But when I say practical, it doesn't mean they're not spiritual because this is foundation. And we're at the beginning of a brand new year where we can sit down and write the plan that God has for us that we can meet our goals What is my goal for this year? And what will I do on a daily basis to reach this goal that God has given me? What is God's given destiny for my life? This vision may take years to come. And I'm going to help you today to understand what a godly vision versus the worldly vision is. This vision may take years to come. As a matter of fact, you may not even see the fruits of it. As a matter of fact, when we serve into the kingdom of God, it may be your children's children's children that come into the vision that God planted in your heart. But guess what? Here's a little secret. It's not about you. It's about him. And when it's about him, we accomplish everything he has for, on our, for us on earth. But when it's about me, Guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to come up with my own ideas. I got this good idea. I got this great idea. And now, God, I need you to come into my good idea and make it work for me. But I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to let you do it all, God. I'm just going to sit around and have a little kumbaya, and you're going to show up in my life, and everything's going to come pop it up. It's not going to happen. You say, well, that, that's a downer. No, I'm saying when God puts a vision in your heart, you write the vision down, you make it clear, you hear God's voice, and then when you're running, you can see that vision, you can believe God for the supernatural to happen. Come on, somebody give God some praise. <laughs> Heather, you can come. This is where purpose comes in, and this is why you exist. Everybody says, why I exist. Look at your neighbor and say, you're not an accident. <laughs> you know what? Everybody wants purpose in their life. You know what the, outside the Bible, the number one selling book in America was? Purpose-driven life. Because everybody wants to know what their purpose is. 
Everybody wants to know, why do I live? Why do I exist? Why am I here? Now, I love Purpose Driven Life. It's a great book. But here's one that's the greater book. And through prayer and through this word and through fasting. Listen, I, I, I don't want to. I don't, we're ending the fast today. So I, I, I don't want. I hate to preach fasting messages sometimes before the fast because everybody feels like you're trying to twist their arm to fast. But I'm just going to tell you something. There's something powerful about fasting. It's when you set aside and you push aside and you say, God, I'm just going to hear your voice. I'm going to make this. My life is about you. It's not about me. God shows up in your life. He begins to speak to you. I know Michelle says she loves fasting. I'm not there. I don't love fasting. As a matter of fact, I'm so hungry right now, I could eat this shoe I'm wearing. But you know what I do love? I love the fruit of fasting. And every time I fast and I see God showing up and he's just making my life so clear, I go, Lord, why don't I fast more? I love the fruit of it. I love the outcome of it. I love the outcome of the world, the word. And here's the deal. This is not a preacher thing, a church thing. This is a you and God thing. And because we live in a we live in a church world that goes to church to hear the word of God, they go to church to hear from God. They go to church to know direction from God. They develop a dependency upon Sunday morning that's unhealthy. Oh, I'm about to preach right now. <laughs> because you can show up at church and still be lost as a goose on Monday. But when you hide the word of God in your heart and you hide the plan of God's in your heart and you get the direction of God in your heart, you're going to show up on Monday morning and you're going to know the direction you're going. Don't misunderstand me. I love church and you're getting some good word today. And this is a word to encourage you. This is a word to to help you. This is teaching. To, but listen, if this is all you get till next Sunday, I would need to preach this every Sunday. Tomorrow, responsibility comes to you. Today, I'm sorry. Right now, as a matter of fact. Responsibility comes to you. And so that you say, I'm going to hide myself in the word. And inspiration will only get you excited about a dream. But knowing what your purpose is will give you the why, the when, and the where. The why, the when, and the where. I was at Misty's mom's funeral yesterday. And I, I've just been so thankful for God doing all he's been doing in your life, Misty. It's just been incredible. Watching Misty grow. Like she's just growing rapidly. She's got a hunger for God. So guess what? When you hunger for him, he shows up quick. She's just been going rapidly in God. And it's been interesting to watch. But yesterday when I was at her mom's funeral, I was... I was just watching as her family was leaning into her. She had, I don't know the birth order of her family, but she had brothers there, but they were leaning into Misty. Misty was directing traffic. Y'all sit down, y'all stand up, y'all go over there, y'all do this. 
She was taking care of people. When she could have just been sitting on the front seat just crying and feeling sorry for herself. She was taking care of babies. And, and the room was full of sorrow over the death. But inside of me, I was like, whoa, this is awesome. Because what I begin to see in Revelation that all that God has done over her life over the last few months and a year is God said, I'm setting you up for leadership. And you are going to help your family see the kingdom of God. Listen, God's setting you up today. He's got you set up for something great. And you're not just existing. You're not just walking around in earth. You're not just a little puppet that God's doing like this. But you are chosen by God to go forth and to change the world. And we have a rev- when we have that revelation of our destiny and our purpose, God puts and why he's put us on this earth, we take responsibility for who we are and who he's chosen us to be, and we make decisions that change the world. And even if you make the wrong decision, take responsibility for it. How many's ever made the wrong decision? All right. This week we was praying. I mean, we was fasting. And we had this awesome night. Come here, Heidi. Come stand by me right here. Quick. We had this awesome night where we sat down Tuesday night and we planned out our life and and we prayed and we listened to God and, and we wrote down dreams and visions and all that and had a big spreadsheet. And I was so proud of Heidi because, you know, God's given her a word three years ago. She was going to preach the gospel and pastor. And so when she started talking about what God called her to do, she was talking about, I'm gonna, this year I'm going I'm to draw closer to Christ and I'm going to learn how to prepare messages and I'm going to learn how to be a greater leader. Dad was so proud of her. I was like, yeah, that's my girl. And then the next morning, guess what happened? I told her four times, go get dressed. Well, I don't know where my book sack is. Well, it's not in the air. So stop wandering around looking. Go put your shoes on. You, you'll remember where it is. Go, I know your parents sometimes. Go comb your hair. Go, go put your shoes on. Go comb your hair. She don't like to comb her hair. I don't know why. But go, go do all that. And about the fourth time, I lost it. And I said, Heidi, stop walking around the house. Go get your shoes on and comb your hair. I know none of y'all have ever done that because y'all are holier than me. And she started walking off and I did her that in the rear end. And man, Holy Spirit said, well, that was awesome after last night, plans in order. And yeah, boy, you gave her direction. Way to go, Dad. She knows the Father's heart now. Oh, you big dummy. So we got in the car, and she's sitting in the front seat. I looked over, and I said, Heidi, Daddy's sorry for hollering at you. Even though you wasn't doing what I called you to do, you weren't obeying me, I should have never hollered at you. And I apologize. And she took her little arm, she looped it underneath my arm, and she leaned over on my shoulder, and she said, Dad, I'm sorry. See, you need to take responsibility for your bad decisions. 
Because what happens sometimes when you make a bad decision, the enemy will come in like Ann was prophesying over us today, and he will continue to remind you of your bad decisions. Stop your bad decision now and say, you know what? I take responsibility for that, but that's not who I am. That's not the pop I want to be. I take responsibility for that. Wow. That's a good word. Ephesians 5, 15. I'm just about done. So be careful how you live. Everybody say that with me. So be careful how you live. It says, so be very careful. Be very careful how you live. Not being like those with no understanding, but live honorably with true wisdom. For we are living in evil times. Take full advantage of every day as you spend your life for his purpose. And don't live foolishly, for then you will have discernment to fully understand God's will. Now that is a powerful scripture that you should take home today. Be careful how you live because the decisions you make are powerful. Live honorably, live with true wisdom. Take full advantage of every day and spend your life for his purpose. The blessings of God are most, com- the most of the time comes out of a place of stewardship. And stewardship is planning and managing, managing the resources that you have. And I'm going to talk about that more next week. It does not matter how much or what you have in your hand. It matters how you use it. And there's something that bugs me greater than anything else. Is when people say, I don't have time. Let me help you today. We all have the same amount of time. We all got the same amount of time. In a day. And in that amount of time, it seems like some people have accomplished it more than others. You know why? They made the vision clear and they wrote it down and they're accomplishing what God has before them. So go after that vision that is in front of you. If it seems really, really, really big, it's a God vision. It's a God vision. And He wants to help you reach it. Because you know what? He's got more for you than you can even imagine for yourself. And then let's just take the ease off of it. If we shoot for the moon, I mean the stars, and we end up on the moon, we're in a lot better place than we were. But if we don't shoot for nothing, that's what we're going to get. Nothing. So let me just recap real quick. How are you going to know? Hide yourself in the Lord. He's got a plan for your life. Have that secret place in your life. When he gives you direction, prepare for it. If it requires going to college, then go to college. If it requires doing some of the things, do those things. Prepare for your life. Know what God has for your life. The Bible says the just shall live by faith, but faith without works is dead. You got to do something. But don't get busy doing something just to be doing something. Know what God has for you. Isn't that good? All right, let's stand.